This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I'm James, and I'm waiting for a momento caliente. Javier, por favor! My name is Keen. <laughs> and welcome to Sissy Dead Pod. We're covering Drag Race España today. And we have a proper mocatrice in the house. Season two's Puerto Rican beauty, Jessica Wilde. I mean, I like, I, obviously we, we had Nina Flowers a couple mm. of weeks ago. I am just like absolutely loving this Latin invasion of Sissy That Pod. As a massive fan of Drag Race, it is so exciting to get to talk to some of these queens who are like really fundamental to the to, to the, the the birth of the franchise. They're vintage, like they're the vintage queens. Yeah, they're they're the, they're like yeah, they're the vintage queens, and it's also so so exciting just to hear their take on participating in a series like this and what it takes to to make it in um in in yeah. Drag Race. Um, but yeah, because let's be honest, the episode was a hot 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 mess. I've been avoiding talking about that. That's why I was that's why I was going so hard on um on how appreciative yeah. I was of Jessica. Where I was trying to bring it back to the episode, James was like, but back to season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I thought that this entire episode of Drag Race was a bit of a mess. Right. Well, we won't keep Jessica from you any longer. Let's welcome to the show Jessica Wild. Jessica Wild, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Drag Race España. How has it been like having Spanish language drag on TV? Well, first, thank you for having me at that podcast. Here I am, Jessica Wild, Scandalo yes. in the house. <laughs> oh my God. Dreams yeah. of a golden child. We're the in dreams love. Dreams of a golden yeah. shower. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> So have you how have you liked uh, Drag Race España so far? I love Drag Race España because it's in my language. <laughs> I, can I don't need subtitles. Yeah. I don't need nobody to explain me anything. I know what's going on, and I I feel great that it's been too many years of Drag Race that now it's even in Spanish. It's, it's amazing because I'm part of the beginning of all this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to see I suppose something that you were sort of part of setting up the legacy of have become such like such a behemoth? It must be it must be amazing to feel part of all of that. Yeah, especially because of the connection that I have with the girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a, all of the girls. I'm not going to say all of the girls, but m- most of the girls, they are my friends. They are my yeah. family. We, we we create an amazing connection because of drag race, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the the biggest thing that I have from drag race, that this drag race family. And every time a new season come, I'm excited. And new girls are coming. And but yeah, I'm part of the beginning. Uh, I remember when we did when we did drag race season two, I was talking with Pandora and she was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, you know, when the show aired people are going to love us or, or it's just all about season one. You know, we, we never thought that it, it was becoming a monster. You know? <laughs> yeah. Cause season two is kind of like the first 
version of Drag Race that there is today. Season one was kind of so different. There was a different studio. It was, you know, it was kind of much more different where season two starts to kick into play what we now know today. Yeah, yeah when, when I walk, when I walked to the to the workroom, I was like, wow, this is pretty, you know, it, because I thought I was going to be on season two, season one um, stage. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is different. And yeah, for a lot of people, season two is kind of season one. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember, do you remember like what the feeling was when you were getting ready to, like when you were getting ready that morning to go in? Do you remember the feeling and the build up and the anticipation of walking into the workroom? Yeah, I was scared as fuck. <laughs> but I remember we, I was getting ready around 5 a.m. because we start early. Mm-hmm. And the van picked me up, took me to the um, studio. And I think I spent like five hours in a room just waiting. <laughs> and they forgot to put air conditioner on me and I was melting. <laughs> scared. I was, it was like in jail because... Every time a girl walk into the workroom, they take forever. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you if you walk in like number five, you're gonna be forever waiting on a room for them to call you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a long, long day of shooting. Drag race is not easy. People think it's easy, <laughs> no. but but I remember that I was excited and and when I opened that door and the girls were there, I felt I felt awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No mm. more scared because also I was very scared because my language barriers. Now my English is not perfect, but it's better. At that mm-hmm. point, it was zero. Yeah. I mean, also to, to go in there with the, the language barrier as, as a hamper and then to have a celebrity impersonation challenge and to decide, fuck it, I'm going to do the host of the show. That must have taken a certain amount of was it was it bravery or was it like oh shit I'm just gonna like how did you arrive at the decision to do RuPaul? Well, when you when you are in a competition, plus um, you are a star being and you you want to win and all that you, you're gonna do anything, yeah. you know. Mm. You take any risk. I remember because in my season it was the first Nash game in Drag Race history. Yeah. So I didn't know what it was a Snatch game. When they they start explaining, I was like, mm, who I'm going to be? Because if I do a Latino character, people, they are not going to understand. Now I now I understand that you can do anything. But yeah. at that point, I was like, no. And J-Lo is not funny. Beyonce is not funny. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to be RuPaul. <laughs> and what what was it like to watch Trixie do RuPaul all these years later and not do as well, well as you Trixie, did? <laughs> right after she record All Stars, we 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 saw each other in West Hollywood. She came to me, Jessica. I did RuPaul, and it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god, you have to see it!" And I was like, "Wow, let me see that." But she, so she knew. She fucked it up. Well, on the on the topic of going home, let's jump on into this week's episode of Drag Race España. The episode opens after Drag Volcano has gone home, and the that it was unfair because do- I love her. She's amazing. Yes, mm. yeah. I think she did an amazing lip sync. Yeah, I I yes. I agree. I I was very and actually I think some of the queen like there was there was a sense in the workroom 
that the the queens were surprised that Drag Volcano had gone home. Like the there there seemed to have been a feeling that Antraxa like was a surprise winner. I, and they were all like, Oh thank God the competition's gone. Unfair decisions are gonna happen all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if yeah. you go to the show, you need to understand that anything can happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what happened on, season, on on this episode number three. It's like, girl, come on. Well, what I liked was at the start of this episode, they get, they did a tribute to Drag Volcano. And I remember in the second episode, they did a tribute to Macarena. So I quite like the sort of respect the queens are showing to the queens who have already been eliminated. It's like quite a sign of you know solidarity. Yeah, I love that. I love that they have so much respect for each other. Uh, this week's mini challenge was football. <laughs> now, coincidentally... At the moment in Europe, there's the European Football Championships, which just started this week. So I don't know, maybe it was coordinated for that. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But it was a weird challenge. I don't know what drag skill they were exhibiting. Maybe um, after all this drag race around the world, they don't know how the fuck to do. (laughs) They're like, let's do this bullshit because... Because I didn't understand that, but it was funny to see the girls like dressing up and stuff. Yeah, it was what I thought was poopy. Poopy is one of my favorites. mm -hmm. So funny. Mm. It was funny when one of them said as well that football, soccer here definitely, or football here definitely, is that kind of like we need to make a man out of you so we're going to push you to play play football. Like get out there and like be a man. So I think think all all gays around the world see football and just think to themselves, oh God, that's what I was made to do as a child when my parents were trying to toughen me up. So I was like, I could see a couple of triggered faces in that workroom when they said they were going to have to play football, especially with like this absolutely outrageously handsome pit crew standing beside them watching them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did you... Killer Queen won. I I don't know what the criteria was. Was it just the look? She had like body hair and everything. I kind of liked Tugasio and Dovima. I think they were my favorites. Yeah, I think a few a few of them they they were funny. Killer Killer Queen won. I'm happy. I love her. I I felt like Carmen should have won. She was giving me all kinds of like Shakira Waka Waka. It's time for Africa vibes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty sure they don't want to give everything to Carmen because yeah. Carmen is, is is on the top every episode. She yeah, good. yeah. She reminds me of Raven. She doesn't remind you of Raven as a boy. As a boy, yes. And actually watching oh, a bit. watching yeah. it watching um like her in drag, I could see kind of a similarity. But very similar to Jessica and to some of the other sort of some other queens that I've seen on the but I I see that like fierceness in her, like that perform fierceness in her performance. I don't think she she doesn't perform like Raven, but as a boy, she looks very like Raymond. See her as a boy and the way that she expressed, she reminded me of Raven on my season or you know, like yeah. like an old Raven. Mm. Um, a young raven because <laughs> a young raven <laughs> <laughs> he's cute and he's doing great tv he's giving mm-hmm. tv yeah yeah and i don't know how you guys can handle the, the uh, yeah the subtitles because in spanish we talk fast the notes i make are so scribbled like they're so untidy <laughs> because i'm like i can't take my i try to write them while still looking at the screen the whole time because they're going so quickly <laughs> <laughs> now this week's maxi maybe 
maybe because you can understand that you don't need the subtitles maybe you'll help us make sense of this maxi challenge i was um, lost i was so lost because it was confusing <laughs> i have a lot of notes on it and then a lot of it didn't seem to be important to the competition in the end so it seemed to be all based around the lip sync song the mocatrice song which was model singer actress so they had to do a photo shoot sing a song and then do an acting piece and they did them in duos with different characters but at the end of the day I think it was just the acting that was important I don't think the singing or the model made a difference did it yeah I think it was it was too too much that's what I'm telling you maybe they are running out of ideas or something (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was a little messy not the girls the situation run and do this lip sync uh the photo shoot now improv that i that kind of it i i yeah i agree with that and actually it brings me back a little bit to the mini challenge which is the sometimes with these chat like there's a thin line between kind of showcasing someone's talent putting them in an unusual situation and like seeing if they can like make the most of it and putting them somewhere specifically so that we can all laugh at them doing badly and I felt like, say, with the soccer challenge, it was cute, but, but like mostly it was just like, let's put some humiliation, let's humiliate some people. And I felt like there was elements of this challenge as well that was kind of like, let's just humiliate them. Let's put them on a treadmill and make them lip sync and run. And let's like, you know, have them kind of just put them in these crazy situations and, and they're falling all over each other. So I think they could have gotten rid of that aspect of it and it would have been better. And maybe just like also a little bit more respectful of the fact that these are a really talented group of people. So <laughs> let them just use their actual talents to, to, to perform as drag queens rather than kind of stuntmen flying off the back of um, treadmills. And that's, that's why I love Poopy because she's like, oh, you want, you want to fuck with me? I'm going to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> In what must be... A drag race first. When Sagittaria and Inti were doing the sex worker photo shoot. Mm-hmm. And then Inti goes up to the cameraman and pretends to give him a blowjob. And then the camera focuses on the cameraman holding his camera on his crotch as if to suggest he's hiding an erection. <laughs> and then like pans up to his face. Where he... I was like, <laughs> what is happening what one of them also did the same thing to supreme and i just have to say could you imagine (laughs) could you imagine a contestant crawling over on all fours to get in front of rupaul and mime giving rupaul a blowjob that person (laughs) like that person would be vanished they would never be seen again (laughs) i think no yeah nobody's gonna do that no Talking about Supreme, she's doing a great job because it's not hmm. it's not easy to be in RuPaul's shoes, you know. And actually, I think the person who's probably the most nerve wracking, who is the biggest job there, is probably Super M. They have like the biggest, yeah. You know, and they, the translation to fall. in Spanish sounds hmm. good, like "no la cagues," <laughs> "don't fuck it up." You know, everything sounds yeah. like like good. I like it. We are getting that nice mixture of harsh and motherly which I think is good. And I think we're definitely getting that from Anna looking. I think she, I really, really oh, she's like She's a her. brilliant judge. She gives really like solid critique kind of. Sometimes with the judges, they want to just get their witty one-liner in and they don't give what feels like constructive critique, 
Whereas with Anna, it feels like she's really taking everything into consideration and giving tailored critiques based on the actual queens that they can grow from, which is really lovely to see because all too often you do just get kind of, you know, oh, you're terrible. You look awful with no nothing constructive in it. It's like the criticisms that she gave to Inti. She was respectful. Very. I think Inti is so young and maybe she had too much going on in her life. They were not hard on her, you know, like disrespect. That even happened to Chanel in season one. You know, they were like on top of her. That I understand at the end is I'm tired of this. Yeah. Because I know I'm fucking gorgeous, amazing. But that's on season one. Now mm -hmm. you know they're going to do that to put you down. Sometimes just to put you down. Before we actually see the results of the chat of the challenge was there anything else you want to talk about james like the only other surreal moment for me was and i think this ties into what you were saying was you know they sent a pit crew member over while poopy was on the treadmill to just thrust his crotch at her <laughs> and she was just like <laughs> whatever you know yeah you can see her look at him and be like why are you here but i'll just play along anyway and she you know face put her butt towards him and everyone laughed and she was like, fine, i love you know, I, she's going to make us laugh the, the whole season because I see her on the top. Yeah. I can yeah, see her yeah. on the top. Um, I love Killer Queen and I love her story. Yeah. I, I to share her, her story about her body and everything because it's important that Drag Race is putting um, messages, you know, for the new generation that they are watching um, the show. Yeah. Because sometimes drag can help you to fight with, with those insecurities. I think as well, like particularly within the gay community, there's such a, like body image is such a, a, a hot topic and like being an overweight gay man or, you know, male presenting individual, like it, it can bring an awful lot of um, very negative attention towards you on like dating apps and just in the world and in general, it can be so hard. So I think having someone speak about that and speaking about kind of, you know, speaking about overcoming it and starting learning to believe in yourself and how drag had, had helped her to like embrace who she actually was. Like that's a really important story to share um, because all, all too, too often, especially, and especially in drag race when like there, there is, you know, a, a premium put on like the super hot boys to trade in the season, like all that kind of stuff. So it's good to also tell that other side of the, the story about kind of the, you know, making sure that people understand that you're loved, whatever your, your shape is. Um, and I did like how in that moment, um, was it Carmen took the opportunity to be like, I'm disbanding the ugly busters. The ugly busters are yeah. disbanded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially like Drag Race now, it's, like American Next Top Model or something like that, people is expecting perfection and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it, look what what happened to Alexis. You know, she she gained a little weight more than other season, and people were oh my god, pointing and and being rude with her. Horrible. She's an amazing queen. She killed it. That's a good point, though. It is kind of you know now kind of even in Drag Race, there's a pressure to be. Like a like, a, there's a pressure to be both in and out of drag. You have to conscribe to this particular type of beauty. You need to either be like, you need to be a beautiful man, and you need to be a beautiful drag queen. And you know, you can do the oddball stuff for a little while, but you have to be able to go back to the glamazon stuff. And it 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 can be it must be a lot of pressure to try and walk in knowing that your whole being is going to be 
judged, especially if you're used to hiding a bit behind a character, like some of the some of the queens talk about. On these long hot summers night, do you know where the last place you want to be? Sitting around a fireside, listening to stories. If you don't, if you want the stories without the heat of an actual fire, you can listen to the Fireside Podcast on the Headstuff Podcasting Network, where a beautiful man will tell you a lovely story. I Like I always say, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen and listen to a podcast of the meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's why Table Manners is your favourite podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, Fireside is our sibling podcast on the Heads of Podcast Network. And if you would like to support us, you will get a bonus content from us and all the other podcasts on the network. And just like as a sort of thank you for keeping this diligent work we do. Yeah. Although I, I feel like I'm very much like I'm, I, I sort of feel like the last couple of weeks I've just gone a bit of a begging letter with this. Like buy me a pint. I can buy my own pints, guys. Well, actually, what, like I said in, in the Down Under one, buy us for the price of a Twix. Bias a Twix. Bias a Twix, exactly. Yeah. Because bias a coffee is old hat. Everyone says it. Bias a Twix. That's yeah, that's it. And that's expensive because of the sugar tax. So. Anyway, this is a clip of Fireside. <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time, Fireside is the Irish storytelling podcast. Every week we breathe new life into old stories from folklore and mythology, from the mysterious landing of the old Celtic gods, to the epic wars fought by Cúchulainn and Queen Maeve, right down to the petty squabbles between headstrong mortals and roguish fairies. We already have a huge collection available with a new episode every Wednesday. This is not just a podcast for folklore fiends, but for anyone who enjoys a good story. And who doesn't love a good story? My name is Kevin C. Olhan, and I am your host and your fireside bard. Wherever you are in the world, you can always join me by the fireside. Let's go through the looks, and then when we talk about the looks, we can talk about any performance where we want to talk about, I suppose, in the main thing. So, uh, Poopy Poison came out, I suppose, the, sorry, the category was My Roots, um, so kind of, kind of, your origin story, which was nice, because, again, I love these international versions of Drag Race. It's a cultural exchange. I'm always learning. So, today I learned a, a lot about Spain. She wore a strawberry from Madrid, a windmill for Castilla-La Mancha and an octopus for Peru. And I didn't really know <laughs> that yeah. those things were I related know, at I all. I didn't know she had uh, Peruvian roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't know that strawberries grew on trees. I thought they grew in bushes. But anyway, that's <laughs> that's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't mean that I know everything, you know. They have their own culture mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we are yeah. learning. I mean, we watch Drag Race UK and it's just right next to us and we still learn yeah. things. So, you know, we're... I, on her look, though, I did think it was the best she's looked on the last couple of weeks. I think that it's an interesting mix of queens because so many of them are like, like their looks have been so artistic and so creative and like really, really perfect in that kind of like the aesthetic is like down. And I suppose... Poopy and then Antraxa have been a bit more kind of run of the mill in the looks they've brought. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I know, keep following your Antrax. I do keep following your Antrax. Her name is not Antraxa, it's Arancha. Arancha. I, I I need to get better with it. But I, I do think that like this week, 
Poopy definitely was like elevated beyond kind of where she had yeah. been. But I think yeah, like and, and Sagittaria, it was amazing. Oh my god, Sagittaria! Yes, she reminded me of Aquaria very yeah. much. Very I definitely much. saw it in the makeup today. Like the way she does with the eyes is very Aquaria. I don't like to compare queens. She gave me that that vibe, like this young, fashion, beautiful mm-hmm. kid that when when he's competing is fierce and you're like, this bitch is only like maybe 20, 21, you know? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had a crema catalona? No. It's like it's a it's a delicious custard. It oh. looked amazing. I want oh. to eat it. Try before you Yeah. So it's like it's like the stuff you have in the um so like uh, they did share it off a lot between like the the Spanish and the Portuguese culture, and it's like the those custard tarts. Oh, There's the um, filling that's in those custard tarts, the, the tarta de nata. I can't yeah, pronounce pastel, it. pastel de nata. Yes. Oh, and it's it's that stuff that's in there, and it is so oh, wow. good. Yeah, it's oh, like, but it's all—it's also like, um, what's that stuff that you burn the top of to get? Now I'm hungry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> what about Inti? Her look is supposed to be kind of already spoke about it, but I really loved. The Bolivia, the Carnival de Bolivia, it was like Aztec, the headpiece. I, I suppose it was just a different, I don't know, have we seen much South, like Latin American culture, like South American culture? To me, she was great. I understand the boots and shit, but I don't know her size first mm-hmm. because all the problem for drag queens like me, if you are like 12, 13 to find beautiful shoes is a nightmare. <laughs> so usually boots, but yeah, I got it. Maybe she should decorate the boots to match the headpiece and everything. Yeah. But she she was great. I think that actually, I I think that if she had like I, I she is great because even last week when she was performing and she was talking about having the kind of the body dysmorphia, obviously there's a lot going on in her head, and I think you can kind of read that offer. And I think that even if like, because I think she looked beautiful. That cape was gorgeous. That headpiece was amazing. I thought the gold. I, I wasn't in love with the Lady Gaga art pop inspired makeup, but like I kind of thought it did all go together. And I think if she just had had more confidence on the runway and just sold it, like really, like I'm here, I'm fierce, because she's stunning looking. That I think they probably wouldn't have picked on her. To me, like she's young, and drag is not just makeup. Drag mm-hmm. is not just outfits. You know some. Some queens have um, experience on stage before, and other queens go straight to drag race mm-hmm. without experience. Yeah, and you need to, I think you need that experience, or like if you don't have that experience, you need so much self confidence that you can compensate for it. I know in the future she's gonna be different because this is just like the beginning for her the reason i think she was in the bottom two because i don't see i don't think it was on her look because like a ranch look was less polished than hers i did think she was one of the worst in the in the in the challenge and the improv acting challenge whatever it was she was with sagittaria they were doing the the um that skit where she was trying to be sexy to her boyfriend and then teach her mom how to cook macaroni and cheese and she just looked a bit lost. And to be fair, that's not really her fault because it was a stupid thing. But if we had to pick out of all of them, I did think she was probably one of the worst, her and Dovima. So I figured that's why they were in the bottom because they those two looked two of the best. So it was a, a weird choice. Sagittaria had so much energy and so much Charisma. to bring. Mm. 
um, that made her look worse, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I do think as well that so their category was to try and like be hookers. And I don't think that Inti's look, like, I, I thought Inti's look was kind of, like, really high fashion. That, like, super long, transparent dress with the underwear underneath it. Like, I I, I, th- I didn't think it looked hookery enough. Like, I think she could have knocked out the white boots she had and, like, you know, the, even the dress. Like, I just think that there was maybe, like, a bit of a disconnect as well from that. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but it's like what I'm telling you, you know, like, she's young, maybe nobody's helping her like mm-hmm. because when you go on drag race especially now you need a team arancha castilla mancha is up next uh, her look was the manchego cheese that she then threw away because i believe manchego is from castilla mancha but she's not from castilla mancha so she's from extra madara and that's where Hamon, well, a variety of Hamon is from. So she had that on her back. I like the reveal. I thought it was fun, but I thought it was like, I, I was kind of looking at her and she was wearing like kind of granny pants and I thought it was just a bit plain overall. She was more funny than glam, you know, she was yeah. just. I I think, do you remember a couple of weeks ago where they, the first week where they had to do like the make, the like the makeover to make their own costume and stuff. And it kind of reminded me of like Poopy uh, who wasn't very like knew that she didn't know how to make clothes she made an outfit she threw it on and then she really sold it on the runway because she knew she was gonna have to do, sort of you know she knew she wasn't going to be getting the great reviews for the outfit she'd made like there was a bit of a feeling of that uh with arancha where she was kind of saying i'm gonna really like sell this with confidence on the runway even though i know like compared to some of these other queens it's not the strongest um and i appreciate that because i think she has the most beautiful smile like just like a, a really kind of inviting, warm personality. Um, and her looks aren't at the same level as the other people, but she's kind of compensating with, with like, charisma. Her personality. Yeah, yeah. She have a good personality for TV. She um, She's making us laugh. She's talented. I, I, I feel um, in her acting um, performance, she was with Killer Queen. I think Killer Queen did a really, really good job in hers as as the granny. She kind of did all the heavy lifting. She kind of did all the funny lines. So I think Arancha was a bit overshadowed. So I, mm-hmm. I was surprised that the judges didn't say that to her, or at least that we didn't see it. Um, so yeah, I, I thought the combination of possibly not being that glam and being overshadowed would have meant she was in the bottom. When I was watching their ad, I got like I kind of was sort of trying to watch what was going on and then read the 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 subtitles because they move quite fast. I I missed a large part of it. I didn't know what was happening, and I thought that they were doing something around hemorrhoid cream because the way both of them like spent ages like sitting down really carefully, and I was I didn't know I was so lost with theirs. Theirs out of all of them, I was just like I don't but know. They were what two two grannies go- going to a nightclub with their boyfriends. And then they sent the boyfriends off to get a drink. And then while the boyfriends were away, they told each other they loved each other and they kissed. Which is a classic drag race twist in an acting challenge. It's like, <laughs> you're two lawyers, you hate each other, but you love each other. You're two grannies and you hate each other, but you love each other. Like, it's just, it's always, it always ends with a kiss. <laughs> a celebration of drag lesbianism. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, they all, I think they all make out. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Except uh, Poopy and... Dovima, who were just waxing each other until Poopy died. She's very dark. <laughs> Next up then was Ugasio. And now I might need your help. He said that uh, he created a, a fala, 
or Falla, F-A-L-L-A. Do you know what that is? A Falla. What I picked up is that it was in the, like it was, was it a flower blooming and it was in the colors of the, the non-binary flag. So it was kind of around identity and like growing into yourself. Well, maybe because I looked up F-A, I looked up the words that it said and it just said that's what failure was in Spanish. So I was like, failure in non-binary colors? I don't think so. So I was confused. She had the the heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. went on fire. Amazing. That was amazing. I love her drag. She is drag. Like every every runway, because for, for episode two, she, she didn't give me veneno at all. Mm-mm. But... Mm-mm. That look, it was sickening. Such an like such an such an interesting take on every single like even in the like the 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 maxi challenge thing like the look and that was so kind of alternative and different. Yeah, I I I did I really really loved the like it also wasn't a literal interpretation of my roots. It wasn't just thinking kind of like oh I'm gonna talk about the town I'm from. It was kind of more like kind of more of an artistic take on it yeah she's like i'm gonna be fierce and i'm gonna convince you whatever story yeah. i'm gonna say i'm gonna yeah. convince you yeah <laughs> next up was dovima and they were inspired by san jordi from catalonia and they had like the the metal arm again like dovima oh, ha- yeah, has great crazy. fashions i thought this was really strong i couldn't think of another chain of armor look that had been done before was there one I, I can't remember but i i thought this was great i feel like nikki doll did one but i can't remember exactly oh, yeah because like in one of the runways on season 12 but yeah i i thought it was gorgeous like you know we certainly haven't seen ch- a chainmail wig before so you know <laughs> it was gorgeous she, <laughs> yeah. to me she's a she's a model you know yeah. She's kind of like Miss Spain, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like a fashion model. Her and her and Sagittaria are both in that like super model-esque, high fashion, spectacular looks um, category. Like gorgeous. Uh, next up then was Carmen. She was an Iberian lynx. Um, I mean, it was just kind of like a cat, a cat in a cat suit, right? But she looked good. She, it was probably, you know, it wasn't that high concept, but she looked good. That's kind of yeah. all you ask. And she had the confidence. Mm-hmm. She had extra confidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she had to give some to Inti. Yeah. I, I liked it. I also liked that it was kind of camp. Um, and you know it sort of is showing and I think also that she's aware of the fact that she doesn't want to get cast in this one role as just like the super sexy queen like she wants to show her other sides and she was like speaking about that which I think is intelligent and said it to the judges so they know that she knows Um, and I, I, I enjoyed this of the two cat looks on the runway today I think this was Cats the Musical and um, and Killer might have been more Cats the Movie but you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah killer queen uh, i i liked it actually more so from the front than from behind it just kind of was confusing from behind i thought yeah she was a cat too right yeah she, she, she was, was like uh, she was she had like the cat nose and she was wearing like a kind of a like a, a, chu- a, a she said a, she was a chulapa kind of kind of like an like an old medieval sort of a look and then turned around and had the kind of pride rainbow shawl. graffiti and pride flag going down like it was very like what what Anna Loking said it was that it, that neither side had anything to do with each other um but 
I did think that like the cat nose makeup was really cool. End on a positive. That's good, Chase. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sagittarius wins. I think Poopy's gonna end that up like like Pandora on my season. Like, on the top, but not gonna win shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have this whole thing about Inti refusing to lip sync. And it was interesting to see... You know, she was taking off her makeup and the queens were asking her what was wrong and she wasn't even answering. She seemed to be total. The walls were up. She was angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was and he, really angry and, and over it. And even when Supreme came in, as she was like, I've taken off my makeup. I'm in boy drag. What don't you get? She was disrespectful. Mm. It, it because, was. Like, because like what, what everybody said, you know how many girls want to be part of drag race? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. just think about that. Keep moving. We all human. We all go through stuff. Maybe she wasn't ready for Drag Race emotional. So what can you what can you remember, I suppose, from that moment of being waiting to go out to, to sort of waiting to go out to have to lip sync for your life? Like, what was that? Like, I suppose, obviously that pressure got to Inti in this where she was like, I, 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 I don't have it within me to be able to stay here in this moment. I need to like, not, I need to leave. So from your from your experience when you were when you were getting ready to go out, like what was that feeling like? To be honest, I was like, I can't wait to lip sync for my life. Because what <laughs> I love is to perform. What happens is when you sign a contract, whatever is on the contract is what is gonna happen, you know? Mm-hmm. And drag race, when you sign your contract, whatever happened on TV, you can blame. It is what it is. So yeah. when I start when I was watching my my, the, the episode that I left, mm. I I knew I was going home. But what I didn't know, they put me on TV like I didn't know the lyrics. I was just quiet dancing like a stupid. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, <laughs> I know, send me home, I'm fine. But now people is going to think that I'm a bad lip singer. Lip singer, you know? Mm-hmm. That frustrates me. Yeah. When I saw that on TV, I was like heartbroken. Yeah, because people, oh, the Latina doesn't know the song. I that I was like, let's do this. I knew the lyrics, and on TV, mm. I was just quiet, dancing, doing nothing. I realized that Tatiana was giving good TV, and I was too quiet and too nice, and that wasn't good for what they want. And and I was like, oh, now I understand. And I'm not saying that Tatiana it was a bad competitor, but I understand they need her mm. on the show to keep creating the fight uh, and stuff like that because they were fighting, right? Very, very was fighting. So, it, and Tatiana <laughs> have a big mouth that is good for TV. Yeah. And am I am I right? This is I, I I this is me trying to remember. Is it your lip sync with Tatiana is the one where there's the I the iconic kind of gif of her realizing that she's safe yeah that, like she what? was like <laughs> yeah. and I went, so everyone thought you would even tatiana <laughs> she was like i'm going home bye i'm leaving you know and i was yeah. like well girl i'm gonna do what i'm best and yeah. it's on the topic of, li- of lip sync songs that we were chatting about there uh, did you know the lip sync song in this episode mocha trees no I thought it was great. I loved it. It was great and it was perfect, especially they, they are using what is for them 
like a hit. They start with my favorite song in the world that it was Sobreviviré on, on episode one. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I just want to jump on the TV just to do that song. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's my anthem. Did you think it was fair to make Dovima lip sync on her own? I thought so, but I thought they shouldn't have told us. Yeah, because they need to continue. They need to continue with the show. They're not going to be like, all right, the show is over. Now mm. they they have a, a, um, a script. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the show have to ended up with a lip sync and, and it was it w- good it was and it was a great song you would have hated to miss out on that song because we had a really nice moment then when all the queens came on and all the judges stood up and it was quite a nice moment and i'm sure inti's in the back with her arms folded <laughs> scrolling on her phone really angry <laughs> hearing all her friends dancing <laughs> and i like mm. see, what is the name of the girl that lives in by, by herself is dovima dovima Yes. yes. I thought that she was very funny when she said, oh, if you wanted a private show, you just needed to ask. Like, there, that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun episode. The, my favorite thing about it was that song. But um, yes. So are you, we're excited to see your season two sisters on All Star 6, Sonique and Pandora. Will you be rooting for them? Of course. That They are my babies. Like, <laughs> we are... We we start this like together, and since mm. since I walk in that workroom, we became family, and mm-hmm. I'm so proud of them, especially Sonique, because she was waiting for this moment from a long time ago. You know, people book you if if you are top three or if you are yeah. uh, the winner, stuff like that, and Sonique didn't have the opportunity to be on the top on our season. But I know who Sonique as a performer. Yeah. And I was like, this girl deserves to be around the world. Yeah. I'm so excited to see what they what they are going to do. Because I even remember re-watching season two and thinking, they were great. But they went home on Snatch Game. And that's totally fair. Because nobody knew what Snatch Game was back then. Yeah. 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 That's why Sonique on, his, on, her, on the Snatch Game, she thought she was Lady Gaga. And he's like, no. Yeah. yeah, you to be you have to be funny. And mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, like you like what you were saying about like, you know, J Lo's not funny, Beyonce's not funny. You need to pick a character who you can make funny. And Lady Gaga, like, it isn't funny. We've seen people fail again and again doing yeah. not even Miss Cracker can make her funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. But I just remember when the lip sync started, I was like, fuck, I don't wanna lip sync next to this bitch. okay (laughs) because she was all over the place we were like wow i think that that lip sync the 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 two of hearts lip sync like that uh, that is still one of the like the most unbeaten best lip syncs in in drag race history like that and that's one of those songs that as a result of seeing it on that has just been on every single Spotify playlist that I've made (laughs) for years since (laughs) But that's it, like, season two had such lip-sync assassins, you know, like, you know, Sonique and, and Morgan and, you know, Juju B, like, the, the queen lip-sync assassin, you know. So. Yeah, Juju B was all the time <laughs> giving us mouth and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and would you would you go back to All-Stars if you were asked? Yeah, I think yes. No matter what, you're never going to feel ready, but emotionally, I'm ready. You're always going to feel like, oh, my God, 
because I was talking about that with Pandora. We all have insecurities. It's normal. Mm -hmm. But emotionally, I'm, I'm ready and I want to go and I want to have a good time and do it for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm 41 mm -hmm. years old. I was 29 when I was on Drag Race. Like another experience. And, an, and another opportunity to be back on TV. Or maybe maybe we'll see you as like a lip sync assassin. Would you do that if they asked you? Yeah, if they asked me, yes. Why not? Yeah. That'd be good. So that's a good, I, I think that's a nice opportunity to see queens again, even if they don't get to compete, you know? It's yeah, always good to yeah. see them perform. And So thank you for, for chatting to us. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I wish you the best. Thank you for doing this and keeping Drag Race alive. Yeah, <laughs> around the world. Oh, you, we we still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like it's dying anytime soon. Though, <laughs> Even though the episode was a hot, scorching hot mess, they won me over with the Mocha Tree lip sync and lip sync, and I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. The whole challenge was built around this song, and they just gave a cohesion to the production of the episode, even though it was a mess that I really enjoyed. And they did it last week as well with La Veneno. So I was like, do you know what? I'm here for this. I, no, I'm really like absolutely loving Drag Race Bane. I'm really enjoying it. I, I think that like it's hitting every note I want my Drag Race to hit. The only thing I'd have to say is that I found it a bit frustrating this week watching the the football bit and the, the treadmill bit because it just was so unnecessary. And it felt like it was kind of, let's make fun of these people rather than let's help them showcase their skills. And that, like that, and I just, I'm like, we don't, we don't need that stuff, you know? Like, do you remember when they had, remember when they had Moby on with the leaf blower blowing all the queen's mates open? It's like, you know, this was another of those situations. It's like, we don't need Moby leaf blowing Trixie Mattel. Thanks very much. Yeah, there's some things on Drag Race Maxi Challenges that you're just like, well, this means nothing. I'm not going to like or dislike a queen anymore based on this performance. This is basically just sort of like a Switzerland of an episode. I just get judged on the runway and the lip sync and that's it. Also, this is one of those. It's like, if you're going to like film a, an additional piece like this, like running on the, the treadmill thing really got under my skin in case you didn't notice. <laughs> I can tell it's, it's being brought back up again. <laughs> yeah. But like, if you're going to like film that bit, if you're not going to use it in the like main thing, like don't show it to me. I don't want to see it. Like what, what are you, what is it? Why? For an hour long podcast on James talking about that treadmill. <laughs> Head over to <laughs> Our premium feed. <laughs> anyway, Jessica Wilde was a great guest to have on. Really, some lovely insights in there. Great to have her on. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed her as much as we did. Check out the show on Instagram at Sissy That Pod. James makes gorgeous visuals over there for your entertainment. So go and entertain yourself with them. As always, if you want to support the show, head to podcast.com for the price of a Twix. We'll be back with you on Monday for Drag Race Sound under the finale, Woo! Jazz Hands, uh, where Ketamine's going to win because she's the only one who validly can oh, win yeah, because absolutely. the others are cancelable. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.